My name is Sarah Rose, and I believe women should live a rich life. You are listening to the Embodied Woman Podcast, where we ignite new levels of prosperity, pleasure, purpose, and passion so you can live turned on and in your power. It's time to make waves, Rebel. Hello, wild woman. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so freaking hyped (laughs) about our guest today just because she is like the ultimate hype woman. Like y'all will get a taste of her energy in a moment and it is just next level. Um, I'm so excited for you to meet Keisha. I met Keisha um, a couple of months ago at an event. Um, We briefly met at a happy hour And then um, we really like clicked at a gala that you guys know that I spoke on. And um, I was sitting right next to Keisha, which was such a cool experience. She has been such an expander for me. And now she gets to expand all of you today. So I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Sarah, I'm so excited to be here with you. And I'm just so pumped about this season of life for you and all the cool things that you're doing and the women in your community. So Hopefully we can light a little fire under their booties and have some fun today. So thank you for having me. I'm sure we will. I know we will, like no doubt. Okay, (laughs) so why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and like the unfolding of your story, how how you got into doing this work? Yeah. So I did what a lot of people listening into this podcast can probably connect with, where I did the thing that I thought that I was supposed to do. And when I got there... I looked around and was like, crap, this is not what I want. But it was interesting because, you know, I went to college, got this job, went into the corporate world. I actually had a really good situation. And you hear a lot of entrepreneurs talking about this very back against the wall story. Like they had to make it work. And those stories are super inspiring, but that wasn't my story at all. I, my last corporate job, I worked at Google. I made six figures. I had good managers. I had good career trajectory, but deep down, like I had this very visceral feeling that I wanted more. And when I say more, I don't mean that being an entrepreneur is more than working in the corporate world. I think everybody has different visions for their life and what makes sense for them. But for me, I just wanted to live more in alignment. And I tried to shove down that uncomfortable feeling because things were pretty good by other people's standards. Things were pretty great in my life. And I almost felt guilty that I wanted more until I was like, I cannot shove down this feeling anymore. Like it was just getting so uncomfortable. (laughs) And I just decided, what if I just start something on the side, like as a fun side thing, I started a business on the side of my full-time corporate job. And that's really what started to take off. My first business back in 2014 was in network marketing. When that business surpassed my Google income, I was like, I'm leaving. And then a couple of years later, I had built a large business doing that. got to speak on all the stages, got a lot of accolades and shiny things, but I had that very visceral gut feeling that it wasn't aligned anymore. And that was even more difficult because I had even more success through the lens of like impact and a lot of fulfillment. But when your gut is telling you that it's off, you have to listen. And it's really difficult, especially when a lot of other people don't understand your vision. But I decided, you know what, this is just not my thing anymore. So I decided to start a podcast, Empower Her, which is my show at the end of 2018. The intention was to create this like, come with me, let's figure out life together community. And I think it grew pretty quickly because it was just super transparent. I wasn't trying to be polished and pretend like I had my ish together. 
I just was like, let's just be girlfriends and talk about life and just try and figure out what the hell I'm doing with myself. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people resonated with that. So that turned into programs, turned into lab events, retreats, a lot of speaking. And that's kind of what I spend my time doing now. So amazing. There's so many little things I want to dive deeper into, um, especially that sense of like leaving something good so you could yeah. have something great um, because it is terrifying, you know, like yeah. you, you did have what a lot of people dreamed of, right? And it didn't make sense for you to leave it behind. And yet you trusted that you did. And I know there's a lot of women listening to this podcast who have that feeling of like, I want more out of my life. And yet they are still like holding themselves to the standard of other people versus mm-hmm. their alignment. Yeah. So what would you say to that person? So for me, the fragility of life is always on like the forefront of my mind. I've lost two friends at age 30 mm-hmm. and my husband lost his dad last year. And I always just think about the fact that like our days are numbered here and we don't know the count. So it's like, if you're waiting to wait for somebody else to validate your ideas or your dreams, like I don't want you to get to the end of your TBD amount of days here with coulda, woulda, shoulda's wondering what would have happened if you would have gone for it. And, you know, potentially even have resentment because you lived somebody else's definition of success. And I just bought into this idea that every single one of us is gifted a unique vision. It's not going to look like our best friend or our sister or our neighbor or someone that we've been connected with. But if we're gifted that vision, I believe we're also gifted the resourcefulness to figure out any how along the way. Because yes. we don't need to know step one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. We just have to be brave enough to take the first step and trust that that dopamine hit that you get from taking action and also the clarity that comes through action rather than just sitting around waiting for some answers. I've never found answers just sitting around waiting. I have to take action. And for me, it requires taking action, stumbling, sometimes taking action, you know, face planting, ugly crying on my bathroom floor where my snot, my mascara is like getting together in my mouth and I'm choking on my spit and then being like, okay, get back up and keep going. And I just didn't want to live with regret. Like I'm not afraid of failure. I think it's part of the process. I'm really afraid of not going for it and not using the potential that I feel like I was gifted. So to anyone listening into this, it's like, asking yourself, like, whose definition of success are you living by? Because it's not fair for you to also resent that person because you played by their rules when you are perfectly capable. You're a grown ass woman. You get to write your own permission slip of what living your life looks like. And I think so often we're waiting for somebody else to validate us or waiting for someone else to support us. But we're the person that we're going to spend every single second with every single day for the rest of our life. So it's our job to go chase it, you know? Yeah. So fucking good. And it's so true in the sense of like, I remember when I was leaving my corporate job, the first, like the first practice that I ever, I guess, led myself through was what if I didn't? Yeah. Like asking myself that question of what if I didn't cool. So I'd be like continuously being unfulfilled and unhappy and unhealthy and like miserable in life. Like, is that really what I want my life to be? Yeah. No. Right. You're already in your worst case scenario often. Like if you know that you don't like where you're at right now, it's like, you already know this, but so often we want to stay in that known because it's so much more comfortable that like, think about how many times, like, I'm sure you can connect with this Sarah, or, you know, for anyone listening in that it's like, you've stayed in something that, you know, you don't want to be in, even though, you know, if you took one action, it would lead to something way better, but you keep staying just because it's so much more comfortable than the potential unknown, even if the unknown could result in something great. And 
it's like, instead of beating ourselves up that we do that, it's like, that's a very human nature thing. Like we're primarily designed to want to belong in familiar thought patterns and stay in what we already know. So it's like, we all do that. You just have to figure out how to raise the necessity to actually show up and take that first step, trusting that the the following steps will, you know, unfold as you go. Right. And I think that's a key right there around like just taking the first step yes. because there's no way that you could have predicted when you started, when, we, no. when you quit your job and started your network marketing business, like you couldn't have yeah. predicted that you were going to quit that and then start your, um, your really scale, your podcast. Like you couldn't yeah. have known. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not about being able to predict everything. It's about trusting the first step. Yeah. Well, and then also it's like for anyone that's like you and I, that's like a big dreamer that's listening into this episode. What's tricky about being a big dreamer or having a big vision for where you want to go is there's a massive distance between where you are now and where you want to go if you think really big. So we have to be careful not to get caught up about that distance in between because that space can often be labeled as like intimidating, overwhelming, or we wonder like, how am I going to get there? Or I'm not yet the person that can accomplish that thing. And it's like, what works for me is saying, of course, I'm not the person who can accomplish that big dream yet. I I don't want that big dream now because I literally couldn't handle it. And it's a way that I like work around this like instant gratification, Amazon prime culture that we live in, where we're like socialized to believe that if we get things more quickly, it's better or it's more desirable. But I'm like, okay, no, I literally don't have the coping mechanisms or the mindset or the community or like the resources to support my big vision yet keyword yet, but I get to qualify myself in the process. So it's like taking the first step is one thing. And then when you take the first step and you're like, oh shit, I have a long way till I get there. Don't make that mean that you're not capable. That's what's actually going to qualify you to be able to handle it when you get there. Yeah. You guys write that down. You get to qualify yourself in the process. Yeah. That's really, really powerful because it's not about like being qualified. It's about qualifying yourself every step of the way. Yeah. And, And like, it's okay to know that you can't handle it. And this really like taps into the ethos of sometimes how like a lot of people say that they're afraid of failure, but Mm -hmm. I think more so a lot of us are afraid of success, especially women that are listening into a podcast like this, where like they know there's something in them that they want to do. It's like, you're telling yourself the story that maybe you can't handle it, but of, but of course you can't yet, but, but that's the whole journey. That's what this is about. It's like figuring out how to fall in love with the process more than what the process could produce so when you get there, wherever there is, you look back at the path that you took towards getting there and you're like, damn, look how far I've come. Look who I became. But also, where can I go next? Yep. Because, holy shit, I did that. I wonder what I could do next versus so often when it's like we're laser focused on like, this is the goal and we're doing this like masculine energy thing where we're like, dominate to the goal. But then you get there and you're so freaking burned out. And then you don't want to keep going. And then not only are you robbing yourself of joy and fulfillment and impact and income and all of the things, but you're also robbing other people who are waiting for someone exactly like you with your skill set and your circumstances to go for it to, so that they can borrow belief that if you can do it, they can too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I know you can probably re- resonate with this because you're really into fitness as well, but yeah. I relate so much of business and purpose back to physical activity, fitness, Yes, you know, like if you have a goal to lift deadlift 200 pounds, you're not just going to go straight for the 200 pounds <laughs> yeah. you'd get injured. You'd hurt your back. You'd be like, this is impossible. And you'd probably yeah. give up, but you might start with 90 and then a mm-hmm. hundred 
and you take these incremental steps to reach the goal. That's how you get there. (laughs) And like, and then you don't forget that the progress is worth celebrating. Mm -hmm. Like you won like the damn Super Bowl because I think so often so many people like brush over the progress or just wait until they're going to arrive at some arbitrary milestone to feel proud of themselves. And one thing that I've always had that I feel has been like a secret sauce for me to stay consistent at doing like the tiny little things to grow my business versus like not doing them because it's really easy to not do those things too, um, is like, I'm just really focused on like, how can I find those tiny little wins so I can feel proud of myself and the person that I'm becoming in pursuit of it, but also truly just get those dopamine hits. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like a drug, like where you're just yeah. like, yeah, woo, like crushing it, crushing it, tiny little things. And like determining based off of your season of life, like what do those wins look like for you? Yeah. And, and I'm in a different season of life now than I was six months ago. So it's like asking myself, what is winning and making progress look like for me now? Not what does it look like for me then? And people write that off and they're like, Keisha, that's not, a, you know, like you celebrate. And it's like, yeah, I do. Like, that's how I keep going. Cause I don't exactly. want to wait you know, and until I get somewhere and then I'm like looking back at the path and I'm like, that was so much freaking work. I don't want to keep going, yeah. you know? And I think that's actually such a powerful like way to, for the, a lot of women who I know, um, pedestal their goals and like attach their worth to it. Like I'm yes. only worthy once, sorry, my dog's barking. Um, I'm yeah. only worthy once I've achieved this goal. And when you celebrate every step along the way, you're like taking your worth back of like, once you've reached mm-hmm. that, that's just something you get to celebrate and feel proud of versus like, now I'm worthy because you won't feel worthy once you reach it. Yeah. Trust me. I've been there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then don't you think that entrepreneurship in general, like is the most incredible opportunity to build up confidence in yourself, period. Because you know, like you even mentioned with fitness, it's like fitness is a great way to do this too, where it's like you get to keep these promises to yourself. And I think of confidence like in a very dorky way, but like it's a bucket. And every single time that you show up and keep a promise to yourself, it's like you're putting a deposit into that bucket, right? So plop, 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 plop. Very simple analogy, but super powerful because sometimes you're going to have somebody like Sally Sue 293 on Instagram is going to be like, your business is dumb. And it feels like somebody's <laughs> back to the side of your confidence bucket or your sister doesn't support you or someone doesn't get, you know, whatever you're doing or something doesn't work out or a launch just totally flops. It feels like your confidence like sloshes out a little bit, but when you're focused on those tiny little like incremental goals or those tiny little deposits, those little things that you're doing each day, then you don't feel fully depleted when life inevitably throws you a curveball or you're doubting yourself, you know? And I think that's the thing. It's like, it's our job to fi- figure out how to build up confidence because that's the only thing that is guaranteed. Like if we can focus on our own mindset, like business ideas and launches and programs and products and services and all that, like those ideas are going to evolve as we evolve. But if we actually believe in our ability to figure things out, then we're unstoppable. Not that we won't like have ups and downs, but like we can do anything. I was just going to say in any aspect of life, any aspect, any yeah. aspect. It, it ripples into everything, you know, like I, even this feel uh, this this new season I'm in, right? Of like starting to be become a mom. It's like yeah. when I first got pregnant, I was terrified. Like yeah. I was like, oh, what am I gonna do? What's my <laughs> life gonna look like? How am I gonna be a mom? Like, am I gonna be a good role model? All, all the things, right? But yeah. then it was like I remembered who I was, mm-hmm. and I remembered I didn't have to add anything to worry about. Like I could just trust myself. And yeah. like, what a gift! Like, how did I think that entrepreneurship? 
and and building that confidence in in my business would ripple into motherhood, right? Like, yeah, yeah it's, oh, it's really it's cool. so cool for people to hear that from you in this exact season of life too, because it's like we know not to compare ourselves to other people, but I think it's really important for people to hear the message over and over again, not to compare ourselves to a prior version of ourselves when the circumstances were different, right? Like you, your first, you know, eight weeks of pregnancy, or like, I guess, you know, you find out like four weeks. So your first trimester pregnancy, and you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm sick. I'm tired. Like, I remember when you and I connected at an event, you're like, Oh, it's been a shit show, but I'm so grateful, right? Yep. But it's like, if you had in your mind, if you had expectations of yourself to show up the same way that you did before you were pregnant, you would have been digging at your own self-confidence, feeling like you're not capable. And in turn, you might've, if you were in a downward spiral, made that mean you're not worthy of success. Exactly. And it's like, we all have to be cautious for anyone listening into this. It's like, if you are dealing with like a ton of anxiety right now, or you've got something going on in your marriage or with your family, or maybe you're a teacher who's building a business on the side. And this is just a crazy time in the school year. And you're comparing yourself to the summer months when you could give a different amount of time to your business. Like, let's make sure that we're actually looking at the season of life that we're in and making sure that how we're showing up and the expectations that we have for ourselves actually match the season. Because if our number one job is to be on our own team and to build up confidence, like we have to do that because- Otherwise, we're just going to be literally digging at ourselves and then we're winding up on the bathroom floor, ugly crying again, right? (laughs) Such a good freaking point. I love that. I love that. Like you can't compare yourself to a different season that you were once in. And it's hard. It's not easy. so hard. Once you have the awareness, and I think everyone can take away from this podcast, it's like, oh, actually I have two kids now. I can't be the, you know, (laughs) super mom going everywhere every day, every single, you know, like it's just not, it's not, it doesn't make sense and it's not fair. (laughs) Seriously. Uh, And well, it's cool too, because like, I just feel like right now, even in the season of you showing up to do an event while you're pregnant and all the things that you're doing, the way that you're showing up, it's like, you don't recognize. And for anyone listening in with whatever it is that you're navigating through, you don't recognize like who's also watching you navigate this, whether it is that you're slowing down because that's what you need to do, or you're speeding up because that's what you feel called to do or whatever makes sense for you in your season of life. There are people watching you that are literally saying like, if she can do this, I can too. They're borrowing belief from you of what's possible because your life is literally a testimony. And that's always helped me to just kind of like raise the necessity to want to show up because like, it's not just about me. Although I actually do believe, and I know you can probably get behind this too, Sarah, but like, I believe that you wanting to achieve a goal simply for yourself is reason enough to go get that goal, Absolutely. but it's never actually just you. Like it can be for just you, but it really never actually is because it's everybody around you yeah. who benefits as a byproduct of you going for it and who could be potentially like impacted in a negative way if you don't. And so I just like, I'm just... I just really admire the way that you're showing up right now. And I just think that there are so many women that listen into the show or connect with you on social or work with you in your programs, their products and stuff. And they're like, okay, she's figuring this out. So I can figure this out too, you know? Yep. Yeah. And, and it does look very, very different. Yeah. <laughs> and, and speaking of borrowing belief, because this is something I wanted to make sure I dove into with you, a belief that I borrowed of you from you is that it's okay And it's actually really powerful and desirable and impactful to show up even when I don't have it all figured out. 
Yeah. That's like yeah. Your, what you stand for. That's all about empower her. Right. Right. So I want to know. For that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's just so, it's so important. And, and one thing that really stuck with me that you said at um, the higher self gala was if you see that there's a gap in something like something's missing, maybe it's because yeah. you're the one being called to create it. Yeah. Um, and I want you to speak to that around how you decided to be that permission slip, to be that woman who like shows up even when she's not fully ready and doesn't fully yeah. have it figured out yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think sometimes, you know, to your point of what you just mentioned, it's like, I have this belief that it's hard to be what you can't see, but also that if it isn't being represented the way that you think it should, and it's kind of bugging you, that's probably because that's supposed to be your lane, right? Like you're supposed to be the representation. So when I thought about, so back in 2018, there were podcasts that I loved, but it felt as if the women that had those shows were five years ahead of me, where they were giving advice in hindsight, like, oh yeah, back when I was in this season of your life or your relationships or your business, like this is what I did. And I can give you advice in hindsight now that I've all the way worked through it. That's helpful. I think it's really helpful to have someone in, that's a couple steps ahead of you that you're like, oh, okay, she figured this out. I'll probably figure this out too. But I was craving the connection of someone where the positioning was more like we were girlfriends chatting and nobody was an expert. And it was like, let's pull back the curtain and be super raw and super transparent. So I created essentially what I wish existed. And I feel like a lot of people really resonated with that simply because it didn't feel like I was trying to pretend like my shit was together. But instead I was like, oh, no, 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 it's not. But here's what I'm figuring out in real time. Like, yeah. let's talk about this in real time. And what it also did is it gave me a, just a huge sense of relief and why I don't feel this like, you know, I feel the pull when I'm like elevating to that next level of like, oh shit, but I don't really identify with imposter syndrome because I don't feel like an imposter because I'm not faking it. So I never feel like I'm pretending. I feel as if being a human is difficult enough sometimes, right? Like the contrast of like the highs and the lows and it's just like, oh, I'm just trying to figure it out. Yep. But if I don't put the pressure on myself to be perfect, especially because perfect is completely open to interpretation, I just took myself off of this like pedestal. And I don't, and because of the positioning with my audience and with the community that I've built around the show, they don't put me on a pedestal. Like I've got it all figured out. So I don't ever have to feel that pressure. And yeah. it just allows me to fully show up as myself. And the way that I started doing that, because I often get the question of like, Keisha, like, how are you so comfortable being yourself? Well, I also didn't put the pressure on myself for it to be a light switch. It was more like one of those wow. dimmer switches where you're like slowly cranking it up, becoming more the person that you are behind closed doors with your significant other, or your best friend, or your sister, or whoever you're super close with. I just started to be like, let me just be a little bit more me. And I had a very human goal with building a business online, especially if I was going to put myself out there. I was like, I want to just be me. Like when I started as an entrepreneur, I had a full-time corporate job where I had to be like very buttoned up and talk to software engineers, like yep. shove my personality into a pencil skirt. Like, so I wasn't going to do that if I was building a business. I was like, I'm not just going to have perfectly polished images everywhere. I'm just not going to talk about the highlights. Like I'm just so tired of it. So for anyone listening and it's asking yourself, like, what are you attracted to? Like, whose content do you love following? Do you love listening into? And why is it that you like that? And it might be an indication of like how you can tweak what you're doing. If you're feeling resistance, it might be because you're pretending right now. And you're telling yourself the story that that's the way that you have to present yourself for people to take you seriously. I've earned millions of dollars online through programs and products and services and events 
from not doing that. Like, it's actually pretty rare that you're going to see me super, super polished, right? Like if anyone could see us right now, it's like, I'm in a sweatshirt that goes down to my kneecaps right now. <laughs> <laughs> my best life because that's just, that's just who I am. Yep. When I speak on stages, I'm wearing sneakers because that's who I am. And I always want everybody to be a fully expressed version of themselves with whatever that is, but trust that you being you full out is literally what the world needs. And I just leaned into that where it's like, I'm not worried about trying to water myself down or my personality down to make other people feel comfortable because that's not my job. I'm supposed to be myself and show other people that this is what it looks like. Now you go do your thing, right? Preach. Oh my God. (laughs) This is so aligned because I I just got off of a mastermind call with my clients and I'm prepping them for the stage at Embodied Live. And, you know, the biggest takeaway from that mastermind was like, don't dim who you are, like be all of you on that stage. That's the most irresistible version of you. Mm -hmm. And like, what a testament, right? Like, oh my God, I'll never forget. I was on a plane flying back from Tulum and I just got this like download of my truth will make me millions. Right. Yeah. And like, what a fucking powerful statement, right? Like you don't have to pretend to be anything other, anything else. You just get to be you. And like, that gets to be more than enough. Yeah. Like what? what it's like an exhale, right? Yeah. Yes. It's just exactly. like, I don't want this pressure. And then yeah. the same rules apply to how we show up to other people. Like mm-hmm. I actually have a, a big like thought process around roles in general, like how a quote unquote mom should act, how, a you know, how a dad should act, how a husband or a wife should act, how a best friend should act. It's like, like all of the like identity stuff that gets wrapped up into a role implies that we're putting people on pedestals that they're always going to show up the right way. I don't want that pressure on me because mm-hmm. I'm going to screw it up sometimes, which means I also can't put that pressure on other people. And that's honestly, this is a little bit of a sign tangent, but that's honestly how I got so close with my mom later on in life yeah. is because I just took her off this pedestal. And now I see her as like her fully expressed her and we're so, so close now. But for a while, I just remember thinking like, I wish that like she acted like how other moms act or like she could support me in this way, but she couldn't. And I would just get frustrated by that. I'm like, you have so many expectations for her, but like, what if you just dropped those? And now like, I got to see her through a whole new light because that's how I want to be seen is like, she's just being herself. Right. That's like such a powerful moment of, and I'm, I'm not, I'm assuming here, but like, was that happening while you were ba- basically doing that for yourself too? Yes. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, like yeah. Ev- everything is a mirror, right? It is so, like, always. How fucking cool is it that you were like, Oh, like I get to be all of me and I don't have to put myself on this pedestal and I get to be all of who I am. And then like that reflected back into your relationship with your mom. Yeah. Wow. Well, and it's so easy to like point the finger. Like I try and do this like physically. So for anyone listening in, like picture if you're pointing the finger outward mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, this person's doing X, Y, Z or this person, da, da, da. If you challenge yourself to literally like grab your wrist, flip your finger around, point it at yourself and say, what can I own here? Mm-hmm. That has been the most beautiful gift ever because then I identify, well, I'm part of the problem, which also means I'm part of the solution. Yeah. And that feels empowering. Because then I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm frustrated with this person. Well, like, what could I think from their perspective? And I'm not saying I'm perfect at this by any means, but I feel like it's really helped me just build better relationships and just let a lot of the pressure go that I feel more ease and lightness 
in every single aspect of my life, like business for sure, but really in my relationships, which is the number one thing to me, you know, my, my dad would always tell me growing up, if you're pointing a finger, you got three pointing back at you. I love that. That's such a dad thing to say. I, I love that. That's I know. Awesome. David D'Angelo with his quote. <laughs> That's great. Um, okay. So, so one other thing I wanted to make sure we dive into, because I know there's a lot of women who women here who are ready to start like playing bigger in the sense of they want to build their scale, their podcast. They want to get on stages. And that's yeah. really the season that you're in right now, right? Like empower mm-hmm. her just reached 8 million downloads and is like, yeah trajectorying trajectory oh my god can I say the word trajectory? <laughs> I don't know um it's gonna hit I'm picking up what you're putting down <laughs> yeah yeah it's gonna hit 10 million in like a couple days I bet watch <laughs> so wild. and you're also like this powerhouse speaker who's like always on stages and always speaking and and, and getting into rooms and so wow. I know that a lot of my clients are ready for that yeah what was the process like for you and mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some tips and tricks that you would recommend for the audience? So one thing is so often we have dreams and a vision of what we want to do in our life and people don't know about it. We're keeping it so close to ourselves or we're telling just an intimate group, like telling a mastermind group. I want you to tell people outside of people that you know are going to support you because that grows you so much, but also because you have no idea who would love to support you or who has a connection or who's looking for someone exactly like you, but they don't even know that you're offering it. Mm -hmm. This is why like, I don't get worried. It's so funny because I've helped back previously. I used to have programs to help podcasters launch their podcast or grow their podcast. And I helped hundreds of women launch podcasts. I don't do that anymore, but I learned so much from it because so often these podcasters would, you know, say to me, they're so passionate about wanting to grow their show, but they would never tell anyone when they meet someone, they would lead with what they feel more credible in. Like, this is my business, or this is what I do for work, or this is my title. But back when I first started my podcast, long before it had millions of downloads, I led with my podcast. I was like, oh, I'm Keisha. I have this online business, but are you into podcasts? I just started a podcast and I would unapologetically talk about my podcast when there was like a couple hundred people listening to it. So To that, I want to ask the woman listening into this who feels like she's called for more and is ready to step into it. Who are you telling? Casting the vision. I talked about on my podcast what the vision would be for our first live event long before we even had the audience to fill 500 seats of an event. And so people, I think there's like something that people miss with this community building aspect, which is that people love and value transparency and they also want to be part of something and you create more rootability for yourself and encourage women in your community to call their shot too if they get to see your example. So I tell them like what I want to do long before I have any idea. Like I have told my community on my podcast, I have DM'd Oprah so many times to be (laughs) on my show and she doesn't respond to me yet, (laughs) keyword yet, but it'll be funny when she does. And it's like, You know, I'm not afraid to call my shot because I don't think that that makes you look stupid. I think it makes you look brave. And I think it's inspiring for people. So first thing is literally call your shot on it and get crystal clear about like why it is that you want to do this. And for those of you that want to speak on stages or you want to get on more podcasts or get more exposure and do collaborations, specifically figure out what it is that you feel called to talk about that you can connect with a an audience about and you can add value because as someone now at this point in time in my career, I get pitched for probably a hundred a week of people to be guests on my show. Um, 
when it, you know, like with rankings and stuff, like you get all these like people that are like reaching out to you that I don't know who they are. They'll spell my name wrong. They'll like not know anything. It doesn't use your personal personal. email. Yeah. It's just crazy. And it's like, you know, if you lead with how you can add value, that's what a podcast host or an event host. And I can say this because I'm both of those. That's what I'm looking for is how do you know my community and how can you add value to my community? Because as much as I might care about you or think you're great, I want to know that you're going to add value to the women that I deeply care about. So it's almost like thinking about this less about how can you look shiny, but how can you appeal towards the demographic that you're wanting to serve and make it personal and lead with that, right? So I think a lot of times people are just trying to get out like pitches to be on podcasts or pitches to be on stages, but it's like, make it personal. And then third, if it doesn't exist, maybe you're supposed to create it because the thing about it is like, you know, especially even after I did my first live event, which was in uh, October, when was it? Yeah, October of 2022 in Phoenix. It was a 500 person event. We had some of the most epic keynote speakers at it. And it was really awesome. And we're doing another one in September. But after I did my first live event, I had done a lot of speaking prior to that, but I started getting so many more people reaching out to me about wanting me to do keynote speaking simply because I created my own stage. And I put myself on the stage yep. and then I put content out about there. Like I put, started putting more content on social media of me speaking on stages. And I was just really open about it. And for those of you that like, when you get your first time to speak on a stage, get videos, get pictures, like start calling your shot on it, like repurpose that content because people will see it. And even if they're not interacting with it, like they see it and they start to recognize you that way. But again, if you're backing it up with being unapologetic, wanting to actually add value in a real way, build meaningful connections, you're opening up doors that you could have never even dreamed of for a future version of you. Because some of the opportunities that I'm getting now, I'm like, oh my God, me a year ago would be like peeing my pants. And I still get so excited and like pumped up, but it's like, it's that consistency of doing those things. And a lot of times at the beginning, you're going to speak for free. You're going to do it because you want to connect with women and be in different communities. Like, and then eventually you can work up to a keynote speaker fee and you can get paid really well to be a keynote speaker. I get paid well to do this, but I had to work up towards that. And I wasn't so focused on getting there. I was focused on figuring out how I could add value to different demographics of audiences Mm -hmm. and learn how to cater. And I just love it. Like do it because you love it. Don't do it because you want it to look cool on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. Like do it because you're like this, I feel called to do because truth of the matter is there are so many different platforms that you can pick. I remember when I was 27, I decided I was going to be a blogger and I I did my first blog post. I'm 32 now. I did my first blog post and I was like, I'm going to be a, be a blogger. Here's my, I'm 27 blog post. And then I never blogged again, literally ever. I did one Uh, blog. I did the same thing. (laughs) It wasn't the right platform. So for anyone that's like taking themselves and trying to shove them into like, oh, I should start a podcast because everybody is talking about podcasting. Is it a beautiful platform? Am I extremely biased? Yeah. I freaking love it. But if it's not your thing, blog. Go on, you know, LinkedIn, go on Instagram, do whatever it is and start to get consistent because consistency builds credibility. That was yeah. a lot of tips, but I could go lots of directions. <laughs> no, this is so good. I, I like two of my biggest takeaways from that is one vulnerability and like yes. just finding this courage. Like, I mean, even being vulnerable with asking you to be on my podcast, right? Yeah. Like that took vulnerability that took the potential of being turned down or the potential yeah. of you know being rejected. Um, yeah. 
And so it does take vulnerability. And I know that, you know, with, with your DMs to Oprah, but also with <laughs> one of your special guests at your event, oh. like it took, yeah, t- tell the story. I know that took a lot of vulnerability and it worked out <sighs> so beautifully. Yeah. You're referring to Jamie Kern Lima. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know, Jamie Kern Lima is uh, an incredible human. Um, she's a woman who started it cosmetics. She sold it for $1.2 billion to L'Oreal. She became the first female CEO in L'Oreal's history. And then she wrote a book called Believe It. It's an incredible book. I highly recommend you go get it. Anyways, I reached out to Jamie's team because we had been connected. She had been on my podcast twice. I love her. I love like the reason that I love her isn't just because of what she's accomplished, but how she is in pursuit of it and what she does with her success. So she won't go into like, she's done like super soul Sundays and stuff with Oprah. And she's like doing all these crazy, amazing things, but she only says yes, if she can bring another woman to the table with her. And that is real champion of women. Like that's a, Mm -hmm. that's the real deal. Anyways, I reached out to her team and I had no idea if they would say yes, but I asked if they would donate 500 books to our empower her swag bags. And again, for anyone planning events or retreats or whatever, People will give you stuff like ask brands. I can't even tell you how many people like get so nervous about that. And I'm like, they will give you stuff for free. They want the exposure to your audience. So I couldn't believe it. That was like mind blowing to me. I was like, oh my God, I got all this for stuff. I'm an influencer. I felt so cool. But like, yeah, it took vulnerability to reach out and ask. It did. (laughs) It did. And so I reached out to her team, um, her assistant, Sarah, absolutely incredible. And um, she was like, you know what? Let me see what we can do. Like, we don't normally do this. And I was like, okay, what's the worst case scenario? They say no. Well, her assistant calls me and says that Jamie's been watching like what we've been doing for female podcasters in particular and like what we've been doing for the community and that she would love to be part of the event. She did a surprise keynote <laughs> for free. When homegirl gets paid more than anyone I know to keynote, I'm not going to say the number, but it's a lot. Um, it's most people, more than most people's salaries to do one hour keynote. She flew herself in, did a surprise keynote at our event, dropped the mic, was so kind, so gracious, so humble. And then she left. It was like <laughs> mind blowing. And she was like voice texting me a couple days after saying how proud she was of me and that she's always in my corner. And I was like, what the actual F like for anyone listening that doesn't know her, like she is my actual like entrepreneur idol, not because of the billion that she sold for, but she is just such a beautiful human and she's the real deal through and through. And what really happened from that, the ripple of that was it made me realize like how much I want to grow and continue to evolve and make income so that I can also make impact like that. Like she she had no problem buying her own flight. I mean, she actually has the private jet. Um, So she had no problem getting herself there. She had no problem doing any of these things because to her, it's just her time. And gosh, that's just such a gift because it instilled in me. I'm like, wow. Like if she's going to show up for me like that, like I want to show up for women like that. And if you don't ask the answer is 100% guaranteed. No, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. Exactly. And like it it does. Oh, I love that story so much because it turned out better than you even expected. Oh my God. You know, like your vulnerability and your courage to just like, Oh my God, Rosie is a maniac. Um, (laughs) (laughs) seriously. Um, yeah, it took vulnerability to be like, Hey, like, can you donate these books? And it turned out even better than you could have imagined. And, and that's the thing too, for podcasters, just one other little nugget on this is like, stop telling yourself that your podcast isn't big enough to ask X, Y, Z to be on your show. Yes, I've been doing this for four years and four months or something like that right now at the time that we're recording this. 
And I have had only one person in the history of pitches that I've done, which I always do pitches via DM video for people to be on my show, especially early on. I've only had one person ask me my total amount of downloads. Yeah. Like if you're real and you're genuine, you're like, this is why I want you on my show. This is why I think you could add value Da da da. Like people are receptive to that and they can pick up on real. Like we're so tired of people with their polished perfection. It's like, if you keep it real, people can connect with that. Like that's what they want. They want to be part of whatever you're doing, but you have to ask. It's so freaking true. I mean, yeah, I've had, I've had a woman on the podcast too, especially when I was like the first year of my podcast, I kept it super small. I was like, no, no, no. It's for, it's, it's for these people, you know, like I'm not there yet. And then the second year I was like, what if I just said, fuck it and tried? like, who could I get on my podcast? Who could I get to you guys? And then I just got vulnerable and kind of just worked up the courage. And I had some, I I still have, obviously I'm having this conversation right now. Like people who I really look up to and I'm inspired by and who you might think, oh, she probably wouldn't be on that podcast. Like she's too big for that or whatever. It's like, yeah, no, like most people just genuinely want to do what they love to do and serve. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Such a good point there. I love that. Okay. Another big piece that I took away from that tip was claiming like this new identity and I know this happened for me because when I had the, the, I guess, visual of me speaking on stage, I was like, oh shit, I'm not a speaker. Like what? Yeah. Like it was so terrifying because I had all the speaking trauma from my corporate job. Like, right. Like you said, <laughs> I love how you said my energy in a pencil skirt. That's great. Um, and when I saw that visual, I had two options, hide from it or run to it. Yeah. And I've been doing this work long enough. I know you have too, Keisha, where when you get something so clear and so vivid and so like full body, yes, you just know to run to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did. And I claimed the identity of a speaker and I started planning the event. And as soon as I did, hey, can you speak on my stage? Hey, can you speak yes. at my event? Hey, can you come to my retreat? Like opportunity after opportunity, yep. opportunity arose because I said yes. Yes. Right? before you knew how exactly <laughs> right versus like so many people are getting caught up in that it's like i need to know all all of the steps in order for me to take action but it's like to your point even earlier it probably won't turn out the way that you planned simply because it's going to be way better like yeah. if you adopt that belief it's going to be way better then that's going to help you all you just need is the courage to take the first step you don't need enough courage to take step one, step two, step three, step four, because you don't even know what those steps are yet. You just yeah. need to call your freaking child and put it out there and then just get used to that. Because once you do it the first time, you're like, wait, that wasn't so scary. Yep. I can handle this. Add and, to the confidence bucket. <laughs> and you're right. And you're going to feel that way even after doing your event. Where like after I got off the stage at my event and it was a three day event and I was like, oh my God. I am addicted to this. I'm doing this again. Like I just like knew like this really. I was like, I have to do this again. And it was a lot of work, as you know, planning an event, but it's like afterwards, it's just like, it's so worth it. And when you're in it, it's so worth it, you know? So I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited too. And and one last thing I will say, because I know we have to start wrapping up here, but is, you know, what a gift it is that I get to do this before I'm ready. Because Mm. now I get to step on that stage as a permission slip for every other woman to do it before they're ready. You know, like not having a a large audience, not having a, you know, a book out or whatever, like fill in the blank. You don't have to have all those things and you get to find reasons why you should right now. Yes. 
because people need to see someone in your exact circumstances and your situation. So they're like, well, if she figured this out, then I can too, right? Spot on. So beautiful. I love it. Okay, Keisha, where can everyone go hang out with you? Because I know they're immediately going to want to after listening to this. You're so sweet. I am just so excited and just so grateful for you. So uh, my favorite social media platform is Instagram. It's Keisha Get Mary the trickiest name. I'm sure you can put it in the show notes or whatever. Yep. Um, and then my podcast is called empower her. And after you attend Sarah's event in April, and if you want to come back to Denver, I'm hosting empower her live September 22nd through the 24th. It's going to be hundreds of women. It's our second time doing this. So we got a little, we got the first one under She's our belt a vet now. now. <laughs> I'm not a vet, no. Um, but it's going to be super awesome. So I would love to see you there. Tickets don't go on sale till May. So after Sarah's event, then we'll figure that part out. I love it. I love it. And empower her podcast, y'all. Like she, you drop two episodes a week. Is that? I do. Yep. I do. Yeah. Amazing. Every Monday, Thursday. So come check it out. And if you do slide into my DMs, if this episode was helpful for you, I just feel like some people don't recognize the Sarah that listened into the podcast, how helpful it is. If you listen to this and you tag us on social media, not only can we say thank you, but it just makes it easier for you to know like who's listening into your show. So whenever I'm on shows, I'm like, tag us. It's not because like, we just need to get it out there, but it's like, cause then we can actually thank you. And then Sarah gets to know who's listening in. Yeah, I want to know who you are. Like, please yeah. let, let's build this embodied woman community even bigger. It's, it's I truly it. an honor. And I'm so grateful when you guys listen and tune in. So Keisha, thank you. You are just amazing. And I'm so grateful that you were here and provided so much value to my audience. Um, thank you till next time. So great. Till <laughs> next time. <laughs>